fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final try Hey everybody, and welcome to the quarter season awards and predictions show brought to you by the good folks at the Roto Street Journal, paving your pit way to fantasy glory, fantasy excellence in the year 2020. And honestly, every year since we've been a, a thing and, you know, every year for the foreseeable future, we're going to be paving your way. We're going to be your lead blocker. I, of course, am Nat the Truth Jones with me as always, the wolf of Roto Street himself. I'm pretty excited about this award show. I actually put some thought and, and a little bit of effort into these picks. I know you always do. How you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic. Definitely put my effort in. And it, I think it's just a crucial exercise to sit back and reflect. Like we're four games in. So we have a solid enough sample size that we have to react. We have to think about what we've seen so far and then predict, you know, what is fluky, what's frauds? What have we not seen yet that we think is going to happen in the, the rest of the season? And what is for real and, and how can we act upon it? So I'm all about this type of show. It's our first time ever doing it. We always do like an end of season awards, but nobody can act upon those. Like it's fun to see who was the bust of the year, but right. it doesn't help anybody mid season. So I, I'm pumped for this. I think it's going to be a really good. And one. everybody loves award season. Come on. When, and I mean, we have the luxury because, you know, we own this company. We can do as many of these as we want. Why not have four awards shows a year? Absolutely. Why limit ourselves like that? It's the beauty that's of working what for I'm yourself. Too is like midseason awards, like oh, I, um, you know, third it. quarter before the playoffs. Who's the best? Like potential buy? Who's going to be the waiver wire heroes? I mean, we called last year Tannehill and AJ Brown would be the the league winning stack. So we'll have a few more of these coming up. But definitely, you know, first quarter still everybody's still in their fantasy leagues at this point. Even if you're zero and four, and if you listen to us, hopefully you're not. Uh, right. But ultimately everybody's still in this nobody's won it yet either like even if you're 4-0 you could still collapse so that's what i love about this one in particular like this matters to every single owner at this point right and we say in in our document where we were kind of voting and and giving our thoughts on some of these awards say there's 75 percent of the season left no fantasy owner is fully safe or fully out of it now quick rebuttal i do have a buddy in a hometown league that i'm in that's pretty much out of it yeah. <laughs> but most people one. most people yeah oh man he's just terrible he's he's yeah. an embarrassment um and his son's in the league too and he's kind of an embarrassment as well um so anyway, runs but, the blood. what an insult oh, yeah <laughs> yeah um so anyway 75 percent done you're not out of it yet even this guy probably not out of it i mean certainly nine and four would make the playoffs but i will say he's teetering on the brink um, but anyway, here we are. We're at the Roto Street Journal, quarter one awards. First of all, eventually we're going to need to come up with a name for these things. It's not a catchy. The roadies. It was exactly the thought I had. I was like, I know we can do better than that, but that, that's the working title. We're spitballing here. Uh, by the way, fans out there, listeners, watchers, 
please like give us some ideas for what to call our award show, our awards. You know, maybe we can get some uh, cool little statues made at some point. Yeah, send, um, send in any recommendations, and of course, too, just want to pump pump out before we get really rolling. Any questions you have, we yeah. always do open mailbag at the end. So get those in on live. If you're catching the replay, awesome. Comment in your questions or hit me up at Roto Street Wolf. Want to make sure we get them all uh, as we go here, and of course, any likes, shares comments all that's good stuff that helps us get discovered is greatly appreciated so thanks again for anybody tuning in live or catching the replay here uh looking forward to to ripping these awards down with you yeah the road street journal uh quarter one award show brought to you by the road street journal glossary patent pending term scarecrow now this is actually an rsj original term we actually like invented this one so we're kind of proud of it um a scarecrow is a wide receiver or a tight end but usually a wide receiver who's out there getting nothing. He's usually being used as a decoy, usually because he's hurt, but you have to start him because he's like Calvin Johnson or something like that. Uh, That's a true story. I had to start Calvin Johnson once when he was a scarecrow. There's nothing more infuriating. You know Uh, not to, right? Like You know not to, but you can't sit Calvin Johnson on the bench. What if he has 300 yards? Yeah. So anyway, the term, it's also, I feel like the term's actually kind of evolved since we coined it. Uh, And now it's kind of, you can use it in a little bit of a more general way to describe a receiver who's just not catching jack shit. You know, but whether you're using the original definition or the less specific, the broader term, uh, one thing is always consistent and true about scarecrows, which is that they fuck you in the ass. Always a always a pleasure. Not just getting just destroyed by having that zero. I mean, was Calvin Ridley on this last Monday? Was that a scarecrow? Is he hurt? Yeah. Like, well, I mean, I think in the broader definition, how it's kind of evolved to just like a receiver who's doing nothing. Yes. I think that usually, like I said, a scarecrow is when we made the term up, it's somebody who's hurt, but at last minute he decides to play and he's too big of a name to, to sit yeah. him and he Always just burns you zero points, one target. Something like Julio that. Julio Jones maybe this weekend. Julio like, Jones he, is a, like he's a made a living as a scarecrow. Yeah. He he definitely has had his scarecrow moments and could this weekend with the banged up hammy. That's the worst. Like Evans could be one this I mean, week. Mike Evans was a scarecrow in week one, wasn't he? Yeah. One yeah. touchdown, but barely. Like that. That was not even it doesn't save his day. Six points. No. Like, yeah, you so basically a scarecrow. Yeah, all right. scarecrow. With all that said, and like I said, we're proud of that term. We're going to get right into the awards. Um, for every one of these awards, I'm going to just say, put it out there. If you can come up with a name for the award better than current fantasy MVP, like what's what's the fantasy MVP? What should we be naming this thing? You know, should we be naming it like the Ladanian Tomlinson Award or something like that? Come up with something. I don't know. Anyway, fantasy MVP, MVP the candidates that the Wolf put out there were Alvin Kamara, and then you got the Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Josh Allen, triumvirate of quarterbacks i mean you could also slide you know mahomes and uh who's the last, last guy i'm forgetting that's in there rogers i mean they're the top five but i'd say the three we just listed maybe a little nicer at the price maybe james robinson and then you got amari cooper in there I, I don't buy into that one at all um want my pick first hit us yeah right. let's go. I, mean, I think i have the same pick as you but i think it's you know it's hard not to pick kamara i yeah. know that's kind of obvious but i mean 31.3 a game in PPR. Now, that's like a six-point gap or something over the next guy, which, I mean, that that's kind of what I look at when I'm looking at MVP is, like, how much better are they than the other guys, which is why it would be kind of hard to pick any of these quarterbacks, even though they're scoring more points than Kamara. Mm-hmm. I know, uh, you know, Dak's scoring, Jesus, like 37 a game or something like that, and Russ is 38 and a half a game, and uh, Allen's maybe 36 and a half a game, something like that. They're all phenomenal 
one's not that much better than the other. So as amazing as they've been, the distance between Kamara and the other running backs, and as you said last week, he's the wide receiver four on his own, which I still kind of feel like you must have made up. Um, but I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I mean, probably if I had to pick a runner-up, I'd probably pick Dak. 1,700 yards in the air is just unbelievable. The guy's on pace to pass for like 7,000 yards. The Cowboys' defense is terrible. Who's to say he won't continue doing that? Yep. I mean, everything in agreement. I love what you brought up, that points against replacement type of stat. Like, Kamara is a whole lot less replaceable than these QBs, no matter how elite they are. But we are seeing, like, that elite tier also play at a way that is less replaceable than it's been in years past. It used to be, like, the, the gap between QB 12 and QB 1 was only a handful of points. Right. But now, I mean, those guys are, like you said, 35 or so a week. You're always in contention with one of those guys. So I agree Kamara is the pick. I mean, it, it still holds true, even including la- this coming week, that he is the wide receiver four right now on just his receiving stats. He's also getting it done as a runner. Um, he's number one among all players, including quarterbacks. He's the only non-QB in that top five to just kind of further illustrate that separation from the pack. So to me, it's, it's definitely Kamara. Tough to go otherwise. The only other pick, and I know our man Duck, said James Robinson because of that price. Like it, that makes sense. That's, too, that's a way. different, it's a different award. That's a different award. Yeah. He's, you know, not, you're not winning your league a hundred percent right now because you have him. A guy in my league kind of has a crap team, but has Dak and Kamara, probably my two favorite picks for this. And like everything around him doesn't matter. The guy's in first place, most points, like he's crushing it on just those two players. And that to me is an MVP. Whereas Robinson, Great value. We'll talk about that award later. Uh, it's got to be Kamara. He's he taken home the hardware for me. It's got to be Kamara. And the, like you said about the re- replacement, uh, you know, difference between quarterback one and quarterback 12, something like that. It's pretty close. Don't quote me on this, but it's pretty close to like double, you know, yeah. like Wilson's stats or points per game in fantasy is, some, is pretty close to double what probably the 12th guy is. Right. And you're right. That is a just substantial margin. And a lot of these quarterbacks also, uh, those guys, I mean, they went cheap in my auction draft. Like the two guys people really spent for were Jackson and Mahomes and just spent right. ridiculous amounts of money for these guys. I got Dak for four bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Not Crazy. too bad. Right. So, I mean, if you're talking about the price, I mean, that was pretty good too. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Um, biggest threat to fantasy MVP. Obviously, we're talking about the guy who is not really in the conversation right now, but is the most likely to get in there and maybe steal it or at least make waves to steal it at the end. The candidates or the nominees that the Wolf put out there, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, you always have to have him in your rearview mirror a little bit, paying attention. Dalvin Cook, uh, Aaron Jones, and elite quarterbacks i mean many of them in the probably the group that we just listed or maybe you know you like lamar to come out of nowhere and and make his presence felt again i went first last time why don't you give me your thoughts on this one i think we might be in agreement again i kind of hate that we are always in agreement we're never in agreement so it's kind of rare that we're, we're kicking it off but i really do like dalvin cook uh as the threat to to be the the to you know, um, Alvin Kamara's throne. He Kubiak has pledged to feed this guy more throughout the, the second half of the year. The schedule is just down east off. It's an absolute joke what he has coming up. <laughs> Defense, that was the first thing I spotted. I was like, look it, who he's playing against. It's pure green zone. Like he has maybe two red matchups and like eight looming green, like bottom seven matchups. It's a joke what Dalvin Cook has on the, the resume here. So I, I think Dalvin Cook definitely be given how much more valuable running backs are that that again the 
points over the replacement. Uh, the argument always holds true for running backs. And I, I think, you know, he's the type of guy that I could see with Michael Thomas returning, maybe Kamara dips just a little bit uh, in the receiving department. And maybe Cook sees a little bit of an up. I love him. Uh, I know he's your guy too. So I do want to throw out, I mean, Christian McCaffrey. I, I have a couple other guys. Yeah. Okay. He, he was my first guy, but I did have a couple other guys because I was worried we might agree. Yeah. So we do agree. I think McCaffrey's my follow up. Just the way we've seen Mike Davis. I mean, he's fourth in receiving uh, yardage among running backs in only two games really starting. And that just goes to show the the role that running backs have in this offense. When he comes back, if he's fully good to go, uh, I think they were just kind of getting the training wheels off of this offense in the first two weeks, and we're starting to really see it take off. He could be a ridiculous cog and just destroy leagues once he returns. All right, so agreed. Like I don't really have anything to say about Cook beyond, you know, as soon as I saw the list of nominees and I just kind of looked into him, I went with my gut, and I was like, I'm not sure. I looked at the schedule for his defense, uh, the defense he was going against. And I was like, well, I have to pick this guy. Yeah. He doesn't get hurt. Like it seems like he's just going to be amazing. I mean, he's already, I feel like third and amongst yep. running backs and fantasy points, right? Yeah. I'll yeah, be yeah. like eight behind Kamara, something like that. But there's a couple other guys I'd just like to throw out there real quick. The first one I'd like to throw out is George Kittle. Okay. He's only played two games this year. Okay. Compared to four from the other tight ends, right? He's only played two. He is averaging eight points a game more than the next guy. Wow. Who's your boy, Travis Kelsey, who you have always loved and <laughs> don't have anything bad to say about it. Uh, I me mean, going. he's averaging like 24 a game. I know it's only two points, but I are two games, but I've, I've seen both of his games. I mean, doesn't it just seem like they run the entire offense through this guy? I love the word main vein. Like he is absolutely the main vein of that attack. Not he's the main vein. And I mean, he, he just seems to be head and shoulders better than everybody else. I mean, he's scoring 50% more points than the next guy per game, mm -hmm. which would be the equivalent of like uh Kamara scoring 38 a game or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, so he's my like out there pick. I don't actually think Kittle's going to be in the fantasy uh, MVP conversation. But I mean, if this were to continue, I would, I would actually start taking that a little bit more seriously. He does seem to be clearly number one at his position, uh, albeit in a small sample size. So that's the first guy I'd throw out there. And, and I think that's a really good one because we keep talking about the, the points over the replacement at tight end. Right. That's probably the biggest gap is most right. people are starting a, a touchdown or bust type of if, play. If you're getting eight a game, you're like, okay, that was serviceable. This guy's right. scoring triple that. Exactly. So, I mean, I can totally see that if he keeps up what we saw on Sunday night football, 15 catches for like what, 180 in a score. I mean, if he yeah. does that, like throughout this season, obviously he's not going to do that every single game, but even like eight catches no, on a weekly he, basis, you know, he's going to get 10 plus targets a game. Probably. Yeah. What's weird though, is his splits with Garoppolo are like starkingly lower his performance with Garoppolo as compared to when he has Mullins on the field. Don't ask me why. I have no idea why you'd be better with a Nick Mullins than a Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe Mullins is better. I know, uh, maybe, but, maybe we're not giving Mullins enough juice. Maybe we're not, but it, there are some splits where Kittle just eats when Mullins is on the field and just kind of regresses a bit with Jimmy. And I don't know why that is. But there, there that would be the one caution to that. If he keeps up what we saw on Sunday Night Football, though, like he probably will be the fantasy MVP. So I love that. That's a great toss-out. All right. Well, thank you. And the last one, and I'm not going to elaborate as much on this one. I'm more just going to say it and just kind of leave it out there, is this is out outside, but look out for Kareem Hunt. I mean, I, thing, things could get interesting there. 
Right. That's a, I mean, don't I, you think? I think that's a fair one to toss out in the sense of if anybody was struggling and then now they have Kareem Hunt for these next eight weeks or however long it's six is the projection for Nick Chubb, like one lead runner behind that offensive line in this zone blocking scheme, the team leads the league in rushing yards, rushing TDs, rushing yards per carry, uh, second in attempts. I mean, it is a ground and pound offense to the fullest. And I, I totally could see that if he just goes on his crazy run, which, which yeah, I mean, he's as good as anybody in the league. Maybe where, not your, yeah, you know, what, what's what's your question? Where, well, where, where was he uh, running back what in fantasy before this happened? He was top 10, right? He was already right up there. Yeah, like I have seven, him, eight, uh, something like that. Yeah, number seven in total points in like nine in points per game. Yeah, seven okay. I mean, per game. Yeah, you know, he was behind Nick Chubb. I mean, it's crazy that somebody that was behind Nick Chubb was a top seven, top nine fantasy score. Now he's not. So we'll right. see. Uh, you know. And behind Chubb, he scored 10 more points. So, like, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'm just putting it out there. He's a good receiver, too. Oh, one of the best in the league. No yeah. doubt. All right. Let's move on. Third quarter, or first quarter fraud slash cool off candidate award. These are the guys that we think you should be selling high. Um, candidates Calvin Ridley, Robbie Anderson, Josh Allen, uh, that guy, uh, Tanyan from Green Bay, the tight end. Um, Russell Wilson and OBJ OBJ, who I famously predicted would not do as well as Tyreek Hill and was right a couple years ago. Yeah. And I will be riding that one for the remainder of my time with the RSJ. You should, because you got so much shit from our listeners. That <laughs> were like, me a little bit him off the fucking air. He's a loser. <laughs> he knows nothing. Odell will never score less than Tyreek. And then Tyreek had like 1,615 or something crazy that year. It, it was really just a, a, it was really just a, do I really think Eli Manning is going to, it was nothing against OBJ. I knew he was a great talent, but I mean, yeah. you have to at least look a little bit at the offense and who's throwing to the guy. And I was color me unimpressed back. Right. And, and that, that was did also, ended up being correct. And that was also the year too, that we were all in on Mahomes. So like it kind of made sense to have us all in on Tyreek too. And we were, but yeah, you uh, liked OBJ was bold. Yeah. That, that was wild. <laughs> All right, well, we've taken a little tangent to blow a little well-deserved smoke up my ass, but let's now talk about the first quarter fraud, cool-off candidate, sell-high award. And like, seriously, I mean, maybe we should just call this the sell-high, Yeah, um, right. the award. And I guess I get to go first. I don't really have much to say about it, and unfortunately, I think we agree again, which is I think it's Calvin Ridley because he was so high. Although, I mean, how much do you think he's dropped at this point? You know, I mean, the guy was – so I don't just mean in points production. I think he was the number one receiver going into that game. And he uh, still is. He's five points. With a zero. No way. Are you crazy. serious? Is yep. he really? And that's how good he was, you know? Yeah. Okay. So I had no idea he was still first. I hadn't looked. That's really impressive. Yep. Exactly. How, where do you think his value lies right now? Whether you agree with him as the sell high guy or not, like how much do you value him now? Is he still an obvious wide receiver one stud? What? I think so, especially with the Julio just can't seem to get his hamstring right and isn't healthy. Uh, and it seems like he's really taken over that one role. So I, I agree because I, I'm so invested in Calvin Ridley across my yeah. leagues. But what if he's not healthy? What if that, that goose egg was a little bit of an ominous sign? What if with Julio out, oh, he can't handle number ones? I think he can. And I'm not looking to sell high too, too much. 
But, you know, that scorching pace, that, again, number one receiver. Uh, Amari Cooper, depending on your format, is also number one right now, mm-hmm. um, it, depending on how the reception. Yeah, I think he's the guy I saw at number one. Yeah, depending on how receptions are away. But Ridley in, in a lot of leagues is still number one, even with a goose egg. So, it, it, I mean, to me, I like that idea. If you can get like, yourself an elite workhorse for uh, Calvin Ridley right now, I agree with that. You know, I could see him definitely cooling off, not to the fact that he's like, not good. Of course, I think he's going to be good all year. This offense is going to have to throw because that defense just blows. Um, but I, I can see a little bit of a cool off for him. Yeah, I think that's a good call. I mean, is anybody is anybody buying high on Ridley right now? Though, like you, you would have to just have believe on that. You would have to just personally believe in this guy so much, and like just foaming at the mouth. You're so excited when you see him get zero. You're like, oh, these idiots are going to. Like try to trade Ridley, I'm going to be all over it, right? Um, and that's I mean, you know, maybe he's a pie low after this week, right? Like maybe, so. but how? But I mean, are you? Do you think anyone's selling him or buying him after this week? I don't I know. Like, I mean, this seems like a classic stay away week as far as that goes. Man, just hold, right? The schedule gets pretty ugly after week ten too. So he's one of those guys that has a couple more cream puffs and I think boosts his stock. But it's kind of like Omari Cooper last year where he was crushing it, got a little dinged up. And then faced an absurd slate of number one corners. That kind of seems like the Ridley setup right now. So I think you hold, let him build that value a little more. But honestly, wouldn't be shocked if he cools it off and pulls it off pretty hard in the second half of the year. So is he your pick too? He was one of my picks. I, I wrote him down and, and begrudgingly. I mean, obvious one is like Tunyon, who's the number one tight end. But nobody's like sitting I here like Waller I can't wait the number to one tight end. Is it Tunyon? Man, I'm I'm wrong on all this stuff. So so Kittle's the number one in points per game. Per game, per game, yep. I know it's Kittle, right? And and then the half PPR, it's it's Tunyon. Full PPR, it's uh, it's Kelsey. But the fact that Tunyon's even in the conversation's like insane. Yeah. That's too easy, though. I don't want to go that easy. Um, I, I like the uh, the Ridley call. I'm going to go Odell, though, especially after that one blow-up. You know, the first couple of weeks, his owner was probably pissed and trying to sell, and now he has a 36-point uh, masterpiece. Looks, and, and this is also, you know, he looks unbelievable. He is back in shape. The groin injury, I don't think, is is nearly the issue it was. But he's also still tied to Baker Mayfield, and most of his points – Came on plays that did not involve Baker Mayfield, a 50 yard rushing touchdown. It wasn't that a run? Yeah. Yeah, it was a run. Then Jarvis Landry roped a bomb to him, better throw than I've ever seen from Mayfield. So that's what makes me nervous is when you're pretty much tied to Mayfield. You can't imagine these trick plays are happening every single week. You can't imagine they have to throw as much as they did uh, with Dallas putting up an early lead. This offense is still so run heavy. I think Odell is a, a, the most obvious sell high in fantasy football right now. Um, and he's my favorite to cool off really, really hard after that scorching first uh, performance. Okay. All right. Um, we have another one that's kind of tied to this, this same category. So we might have to call this something else, but we also got bust candidates and this is, these are non-injury. We need to stress this. These are, these are guys right. that have not been injured, but what basically like just haven't, achieved the way we thought they would right right exactly like pretty good list of these it, right and it's you can't that for the example you can't call mt the bust of the year he got hurt he probably no. would be eating had he still been out there so like right. of course his owners are, are scrambling and struggling right now but it's not his fault that he you know an ankle injury it, it is what it is so yeah this is more people that are on the field getting volume and just sucking <laughs> 
Well, here's here's the guys that we have on this list. And forgive us if we forgot anybody. There were quite a few. Kenyon Drake. I, I love this one because uh, we had a guy in our league, in our auction league. He was like drafting from a car or something like that. And he supposedly accidentally bid up to like $50, $50 for Kenyon Drake and then was like, no, no, I didn't do that. Like whatever. And so we had to roll back the draft, put him up again. The guy bids on him again for like another like 48 or something. He's oh. like, I didn't do that. I don't know what's going on. And so then we rolled it back in. We let it go again. And then he got him again for like 51. And we were just like, well, what the, so we made him keep him. Fuck like him, I still, man. I still have no idea what, what went on with that. The guy's team is just he there, cursed Drake. Right. Yeah. So anyway, Kenyon Drake, who was drafted by a, a guy in our league three separate times in our auction, um, has really not achieved. He uh, just DJ cursed. Moore, Joe Mixon, man, Joe Mixon made, made us eat some shit last week. Huh? Uh, man, we were we were all over that, and then yeah. he just rammed it down our throats. Uh, Julio Jones, Miles Sanders, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, T.Y. Hilton slash A.J. Green. Yeah, they're the same, essentially. And Mark Ingram. Uh, I went first on the last one. Why don't you go first on this? I actually have some thoughts on this, too. Go ahead. In terms of who's going to bounce back on that list, and honestly, I don't know that's going to be a ton of them. Uh, I think Joe Mixon, and it's kind of easy to say right now because we saw the rebound. I was kind of hoping he wouldn't rebound as early when I was planning out the show, and then he goes and puts like 40 fucking points up. So it's hard to keep labeling him a bust after that huge explosion, but most of his owners are probably one and three and might even be zero and four and benched him out of frustration last time. We recommended uh, that. It, yeah. Uh, we said, if you have anything better than, than to let him right. on the bench and send a message. Well, the message has been sent clearly. Um, but I, I think a lot of his owners are also probably sitting there saying, well, do I sell him now off this performance? Is this just a, a fluke? And now I can get rid of this guy finally. And I don't think so because what we saw this week is what we had hoped for all year what we had been promised by Zach Taylor. And that was the second half of last year when Mixon was the RB four in fantasy. He was finally used as an every down guy, especially in the receiving game, always in at the goal line for whatever reason, Zach Taylor said, our offense is so good when we ride Mixon like that and we're going to do it all year. And then decided not to for the first three weeks, particularly in the receiving game. And then we see last week, Mixon gets 25 routes run to Geo's two. He gets six targets to literally a goose egg. The first time in Geo's career with zero targets. Uh, that's what I need to know. Is he going to just be that involved as a receiver? Now, granted, it, we should have kind of seen it coming. I, I cite Fantasy Points, a great site. They talked a lot about how Mixon averages 17.0 in wins and like 11 in losses. And the script for them as a Jacksonville Jaguars was clearly positive. My one question is, will that type of usage, that receiving work continue when they are obviously down by like two touchdowns? Clearly Mixon showed it should. Like, why not get your best player in space with the ball in his hands, making everything happen as a receiver? I think this was the turning point. So for anybody who had Mixon is now like, what do I try to sell him? Do I not? I think he was the early season bust that then just showed you why he's going to turn it around. And I think those performances, maybe not 40 points every week, but quite often, you know, 30 or so is very possible. And I I think he's going to definitely turn it around. I hope you're wrong just because I don't want us to be as wrong as we were. Um, (laughs) But, and I, I, my only comment on that is that, 
the fact that Gio Bernard is even coming up anecdotally in any sentence that we're saying right. here in 2020 is just a little too much for me. Maddening. <laughs> I mean, oh God. I mean, you know, there are so many times we were like, oh, maybe we should be in the Gio Bernard business a little bit. Oh, he could put something up. Never really panned out. Um, so there's a lot of choices on this list. Like you said, I'm going to kind of bust it into maybe two different categories. The first one, Lamar Jackson you know, Lamar Jackson's great. I love him. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the other guy I'm going to list too in a minute. But I think Lamar is the quarterback 10 right now. Yeah. And we had talked about how three to five guys have really separated themselves uh, in the quarterback business, basically. And we certainly all thought Lamar was going to be one of those guys, right? I mean, you thought that. Of sure. course. Of course. Um, the expectations for him were probably a little unrealistic looking back on it, just like so high. The ceiling was just considered so high. Like he's going to rush for 1,200 yards and blah, 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 blah. And I think he's going to do well. I don't think we're going to see production like we saw last year. But I think that given the expectations for him, the fact that he's the quarterback 10 would have to qualify as a genuine, real disappointment. Definitely bust, a relative bust. Bust, I don't know. But, I mean, like I say, he was a guy that people were spending $20, $30 on in, like, auction format, which was stupid. Yep. First but like he was, one, he was one of those guys, you know, so that's a big deal. I also just want to say, uh, and I, first, what do you think about Lamar? In this I think that's a great call too, just because you look at, you know, he was most often the first quarterback off the board, if not second behind Mahomes, And you look at the, the fifth or sixth round guys that are just blowing him out of the water yeah. in terms of Russell Wilson, yeah. in terms of, so when we think about replacement level, right? Like, there's guys that are severely outscoring him that came at a much cheaper price. So I think it's it's fair. You know, bust seems like a strong word, but yeah, it's also seem like a strong at, word. At that price, I mean, it's hard not to consider him a bust. But is he your is he your candidate to bounce back as a, as the bust? Oh man, I don't know. Maybe I read this thing wrong because I'm just com- complaining yeah. about these guys. Um, well, I mean, I as, far, as far as what I think, categories. As yeah, far as what, right, okay. So as far as what I think is going to bounce back out of this list, I, it's hard for me to disagree with your Mixon pick, just given who's on the list, because I really don't believe too many of these guys are going to bounce back the way that we think they will. Um, but now that I've ranted about Lamar, I'm going to just rant about one of these other guys real quick who I think is about. I, like I said, I agree with you on Mixon. Deshaun Watson, I feel like I, I really like Deshaun Watson, and I've pulled for him throughout his whole career. He's the QB 20 right now. Mm. And just doesn't look very good at all. I know we can blame it on Bill O'Brien. We can blame it on everything else. Is it possible that Deshaun Watson was just looked a hell of a lot better because he was throwing to DeAndre Hopkins? Very possible. Definitely. I mean, of course he makes any look at what Kyler's done with getting him, you know, obviously year two leap, but also, I mean, having Hopkins certainly helps. Yes. Are you saying he's going to bounce back or are you thinking? No, he's I don't. I don't think he's going to. That's still going to suck. <laughs> no, I don't think he's going to. Yeah. He's, so yeah. So maybe right. I'm 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 in a different category, perhaps. That's, yes. That's what I kind of think. That's what I kind of think. I, I the know. one thing to, to think about there is he has been fa- the Chiefs and the Ravens and the Steelers, which the Chiefs are surprisingly a much better defense this year than they had been. Um, it was a murderer's row. Now you get Bill OB gone, like. What if the new caller is is unlocks this offense a little more? Maybe There's narratives. What's I just I, I, I maybe I I'm getting to the point honestly. I'm almost I feel bad saying this. Almost I'm starting to question. You know you know how uh, how Bill Simmons uh, will sometimes say stuff like, "Is he really good?" 
about people. I'm I'm starting to wonder about Deshaun Watson. Like, is he really good? I mean, obviously he's really athletic and has the skills to make some awesome plays and stuff, but I'm I'm not fully sold on Deshaun Watson and I want to be. So it's hard. I mean, I, I want to be sold on him and I'm not. I know he, he was our guy too, a couple of years ago when we're like, pick him up. You know, when he was a rookie, we're like, yeah. hey, pick this guy up, stash him. Cause you know, what, what more upside are you looking for than a guy with these type of weapons? Hopkins Fuller was killing it and he was going nuclear. Then he tore yeah, yeah. practice. Like, yeah. so I'll always have my soft spot for him in my heart because he I, was, he was our prediction. That was one of my best DFS days, like going all in on, on, you know, Watson that week. So totally will always have a soft spot, but I get what you're saying. You know, without Hopkins, he has looked very, very average. We will see for maybe, sure. Maybe below average even. If he's right? a QB 20. And he just got Minnesota, which is not a scary defense at no. all right now. So, no, and I mean, you know, look, how, how soon before Will Fuller's out for the year? Exactly, right? And that's it, that's the other point I was going to say is everybody seems to want Deshaun Watson as like the bounce back, the rebound, yep. the buy low. And I'm kind of with you because – it's only a matter of time till Fuller's out. And then you got a Brandon Cooks who literally has done exactly nothing all year. So if that's your number one and teams could sell out to stop your number one, I mean, now you're in some real fucking trouble. So I, I get that one. I, I'm on board and I'm not on the buy low train, even though some might be. Let us know if you're against that. Uh, my my bust who's going to still suck, and this is just probably fueled by personal rage and anger, is Kenyon Drake, the aforementioned person who ruined your draft and is currently ruining my fucking season, Kenyon Drake. I mean, I had a tweet at some point where I said, there is no receiver I would take above Kenyon Drake. He's now into my like, top six or something like that. And I was so fucking in on this guy. And yeah, yeah. the running back three, when he became the, the Cardinals uh, guy, once he got traded there in, from San Fran, looked like a monster, was used in space, was schemed in you know screens and outside. I don't get what the fuck is happening this year because every single play they're lined up in shotgun. And if they use Drake, they just run him up the ass. There's no getting out in routes. I, he ran literally zero routes last week against Carolina. Um, and if you can't get it done against Carolina the week before, I mean, he's had, he has the jets this week, but he's had a downy soft fucking schedule and is still just at best getting you 10 points. So, I mean, you got the Jets this weekend. Maybe that's his rebound game, but the fact that he's not getting it done against some of the worst rundies in the league, the fact that he's being schemed so much differently this year than what he has been in years past, uh, if you're not going to do it in your cake schedule portion, and now it's about to stiffen up a little bit in terms of rundy, it's going to become a pass-happy schedule. I, I think Drake is, is done. I, I would not be shocked to see Chase Edmonds take over this role. Oh, I think point. he's going to. I, I think he is too. Why not, right? They're using, though, it's just, it seems almost unfair to say that in the sense that Edmonds is getting schemed to run the routes. Edmonds is getting schemed to get into space. But the fact that they sit, literally, they sit, Drake is running back 35, Edmonds is running back 36, and only .2 points separate these guys when one of them cost you a first round pick one of them often went undrafted like that's all you need to know and is it fair to to drake probably not like that edmund is being used so much better but why is that gonna suddenly change so i'm fucking done with drake i own him and anybody in my league if you're tuned into this you want to give me a fucking bag of chewed up peanuts please i will give you drake for for anything chewed up preferably like spit all over him Fuck Drake. I'm so done with him. 
Um, yeah, agree completely on that. A couple other guys who are busts that I think are still going to suck. I would not necessarily give them the award. And maybe you wouldn't even call some of these guys busts. But uh, David Johnson, I could see getting worse and worse. He's getting slower and slower by the week. He, he like really that. is getting slower and slower. Um, <laughs> I had hey, one of my good buddies um, who often – the irony here is big because he, he often complains about the trash trades that people throw out. Um, he offered a guy – David Johnson for Devonte uh, Adams. What and, is wrong with you? <laughs> well, and then, but then when I said I was going to maybe bring this up, he was like, "Make sure you bring up how bad the guy's running back situation was." And it's like, oh. okay, so you're gonna, so you're gonna add a okay. mediocre and getting worse <laughs> running back to his already nice. terrible running back position, and make him give you like the, maybe the best receiver in the NFL. My number one ranked rest of season receiver. Yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah oh, yeah, the running back. Okay, you, here's your savior. Right. Oh, he's running back. I mean, I you can pick <laughs> someone off off waivers and not give up the best receiver in the NFL. How about you that? Piece of fucking. David shit. Johnson getting slow every week. Also, David Montgomery. There's some rage there for me too. Just like I, I still hate him from last year. Also, yeah. Miles Sanders. I man, I could see him just i mean he's been a huge disappointment and that line is so bad like wow oh yeah and they're getting worse every game too exactly and uh and then last but not least but gronk but you were an idiot if you thought he was going to be good anyway exactly but but he's still going to suck and and in addition to those some of the guys you threw out as candidates like ingram's not getting better that backfield no no. the lowest percent of snaps gus edwards had the highest that that is a nightmare backfield ingram who we were down on so i'm happy about that T.Y. Hilton, who we were down on, A.J. Green, we said don't draft. So a lot of these busts, we go into best predictions, we were right on. I don't think any of those guys turning around, T.Y., A.J., or Mark Ingram, I think all of them you could cut right now. And they're going to get hung on to. They're the type of guys that maybe you could get something for just because people know their names. So, I mean, you know, it would be dumb, but like – you know, there's some, there's always one or two guys in the league where you're like, hey, you want AJ Green? Right. And you're like, oh, he was good four years ago. Right. Um, oh, one other guy, real quick, that I think could be a good bounce back by low candidate. Um, yeah. Wouldn't really call him a bust, but it's hard to say because maybe he's just an injury prone guy now. But if Chris Godwin could get healthy and stay healthy, I could mm-hmm. see him really doing well. I know it's a big F, but I could really see him putting up a ton of. That kind of answers this question, right? Who's been quiet but will emerge as a 2020 league winner, you know? Okay, so, I mean, maybe I'd put him in that category. The thing is, most people that have Chris Godwin probably played quite a bit, paid quite a bit for him. Yeah. You know, so, like, the expectations were there. He was the guy in my auction I spent, I think, the second most on. Yeah. And he's, what, has he played, like, one real game? And he had a pretty pretty good game. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I could see him. I could see him if he's – I mean, don't you fear a little bit? Maybe this guy's just the type of guy that gets hurt all the time. I, I'm a little nervous, but he made it through most of last season. And yeah, I, I, I think, he, yeah, I, I think he's an interesting play here because we just saw Brady throw 350 and five touchdowns without Godwin. So, it, right. to me, you know, one of the big questions was God, with with Godwin was: Is Brady still going to have it? Is he going to be able to hit his receiver? Like Brady Maybe. still fucking has it. Like it's crazy, but he does. Yeah. So. I like that play because if Scotty Miller can put up 783 in a TD, like certainly Chris Godwin can when he's back. So, yeah, that's an interesting one. I mean, Damian Williams was also kind of on my radar, but as you told me a few minutes before showtime, he's out with COVID. So, yeah. man, <laughs> I just he's picked him up off waivers. I was really proud of myself. I read uh, read Jimbo's article and was like, oh, yeah, he's right. I should grab that guy. And I did. And then, of course. Yeah. No, no, he he sat out the entire season. Like he's not he's not playing this year. <laughs> Who, uh, uh, Damian Williams? He's out the year because of COVID. Well, he didn't have it. He sat out at the start of the year. 
Damien, you might be thinking about somebody else. It's not Damien Harris. It's who you're thinking of. That's what I'm thinking of. Sorry. My yeah. bad. Okay, okay. So that's actually a really good pick. No, he's right. a great pick. That's I like I mean. that. Sorry. <laughs> and, and I just wrote about him too. I mean, a hundred yards in his first game back was the de facto, like about to take the three down role in training camp before he got hurt and right. showed why, you know, I like Damien Harris as a quiet guy that could just blow up in that backfield. Um, I think that's a great play. Yeah. Damien Harris makes a lot more sense. Uh, for that pick. So <laughs> one of my favorite picks for this, I got two of them. Okay. Antonio Gibson's one of them. And, and of course I'm going to be all fucking in on Antonio Gibson. I wrote about how I'd pick him over Odell and I'm, I'm sticking to that because we've seen the snaps kind of sneakily grow every week. We've seen the role grow each week. He's fresh off his best day as a pro 20 fantasy points, uh, and what I like is, is how that day was made. They gave it to Barber three fucking times on the goal line, and he got stuffed all three. And this was after Gibson on a sick-ass play got right. them to the goal line. And right. then they feel like, you know what? Let's give it to the guy who got us here. And he just drove through the fucking pile. Like, you know, it wasn't a, a pretty little run, and he dove up above everybody. It wasn't a run to the outside. He just pounded his legs and it's like okay this guy is a fucking powerful beast so one i don't think peyton barber gets another fucking look the rest of the year and if he does that entire staff should be fucking fired peyton barber joke yeah, we've had a peyton barber sighting <laughs> fucking joke uh but then <laughs> two, i haven't had any peyton barber stock in a while no and thank god your favorite fucking player in the league <laughs> oh fuck that that's uh, that's such an overblown thing <laughs> but but two is even with that 20 point outburst he still played less snaps than JD fucking McKissick, Antonio Gibson. And so that's going to flip. That's absolutely going to flip because on far less snaps, he put up so much more production. Why would this team not be smart enough to fucking turn that over? JD McKissick, anytime he's on the field and Gibson's not. So I think it's a matter of a week, maybe two before Gibson becomes an literally every down player, Kyle Allen. Now the quarterback, not an upgrade because Kyle Allen's fucking Kyle Allen, but he, he, is also, Kyle Allen. Yeah. He, he did pepper fucking McCaffrey ridiculously. Uh, so I, I think Gibson is one of those guys who hasn't quite like blown up, blown up again. Biggest day of his career was last weekend, but I could see those 20 point days becoming a regularity. So I like him. And it also, you know, J- Jonathan Taylor to me is a yeah. guy that seems like kind of a relative disappointment at this point. You know, he's I done agree. okay. He's been solid. But nobody's sitting there like, oh, Jonathan Taylor's winning me my league. And everybody thought that was going to be the case yeah. when Marlon Mack went down. Yes, we certainly did. Yeah. I think I think it's going to become the case. There, There is a – we talked about Cook's schedule. There's a, a pocket of schedule where, where Taylor has a green matchup for, I think, eight straight weeks. It, it's like yep. from week 10 to week 16. You know, it, it's ridiculous. And Fantasy playoff time, among exactly. other things. And that's what I – you know, who's going to become a league winner? I think there's going to be a stretch of the season where Jonathan Taylor just finally takes over. I don't get why Rick is putting these guys in for even snaps all year. So it doesn't make sense because Taylor looks good when he gets the ball. I think that's similar to Gibson. Like there's going to be a turning point where the coaches are just like, all right, this guy's so much fucking better. Right. Why, than what, we're doing. Why, what are we doing here? Why are we why is Jordan Wilkins touching the fucking ball? So that those right. are my two guys that, that are kind of quiet to what people thought. Uh, Gibson, you know, not and people didn't expect that much, but I think you know they're they're both going to be monsters. So 
I'll tell you who agrees with you. The guy that was messaging in last week when we were on that would just message in and say like Antonio Gibson, question mark, question mark, <laughs> like three different times. I guarantee you he agrees with everything you just said. <laughs> I um, love that one. I also yeah. just like kind of ran, like hurriedly went to my phone and just like checked my team just to make sure I hadn't accidentally uh, paid $30 mm-hmm. for Damian Williams off waivers. Um, and I, in fact, I got Damian Harris. So I, was, I just, just wrote it wrong in the doc. I just, you gave me like a, a few seconds where I was like, oh man, like, that would have been I'm never, terrible. I'm never going to hear the end of this, but no, I, I got the right guy and I really do like him. I just wrote the wrong name down. Good. Um, all right. Current waiver wire hero or hail Mary hero, um, nominees, James Robinson, Jarek McKinnon, Daryl Henderson. And we got a meh next to Daryl Henderson. Right. So we're talking about two guys basically. Yeah. Um, who was often found in the waiver wire to begin 2020 and will continue being a league winner. Um, I would call this the, and this is going to really make me look super old, which I am, but in the very first fantasy football league I was ever in, I want to say it was like 1992. <laughs> um, after the first week, my buddy's dad picked up Barry Foster of the Steelers off waivers who ended up leading the league in rushing that year. Um, and so I would say this is the Barry Foster award. Um, yeah. Um, I think McKinnon probably has the most potential to be this guy. Um, I could easily see him becoming injured himself though. And also Mostert is coming back. So it's not like I would consider this a lock by any means. I just am not sure about Robinson long-term yet. I'm just maybe I'm, I can't deny what he's done. I'm a little bit hesitant to jump in face first on Robinson. Part of it is that I think his team is just completely lousy. Um, There's no doubt he's outperformed expectations this year, even if he gets hit by a bus tomorrow. So like, you know, if you got Robinson, you feel good about it. Um, I have a little bit of bias because we've always liked McKinnon and I have McKinnon on my team right now. He scored a touchdown in every game. He was undrafted a lot of places. I would say I got him for two bucks in my auction. So I'm going to go with McKinnon. I, I love – I mean, I own McKinnon everywhere. He was probably our, one of my better predictions on the season yep. just because I said have him over Coleman, like get him no matter what you do. So I, I love him. Even so, to me, it's got to be James Robinson. The, the dude is the running back six right now in fantasy despite going undrafted. People were compla- you know, nervous about Chris Thompson's receiving role and Ryquel Armstead, and this guy has just taken over and taken over with force he's actually second right now in receiving yardage behind only alvin kamara among running backs which blows my mind given chris thompson was supposed to be jay gruden's boy and no one's gonna ever catch passes there in a negative script robinson's killing it he's a monster after the catch he's a monster after contact and i think people that are doubting him if you own him and you're like i gotta sell this guy before the you know people realize what he really is there's not going to be like a pumpkin here. It's not like a Cinderella pumpkin. So this guy is the real fucking deal. I think he needs to be treated as a top 10 running back the rest of the way. And the fact that you got him undrafted, right. you know, blow my fucking mind. You say that about both these guys. You realize McKinnon's the RB 10. Absolutely. I mean, in PPR, I mean, you know, that's, that's pretty amazing, especially since he was literally playing behind people the right. first couple weeks. So exactly. I, it, it's hard for me to argue with, with your pick. I was a little bit making a, a Homer pick there by saying McKinnon, I, I but his numbers it. are great too. Exactly. Both are great. It's more so McKinnon has that boulder of Mostert to climb who he was behind. You know, Mostert's yep. going Mostert's to come good. back and Mostert's, Mostert's looks good when he's out there. So yep. it's, it's true. You know, that makes me a little nervous that McKinnon won't keep it quite up. Whereas 
Robinson, like when Ryquel Armstead comes back, am I fucking nervous? No, like he he's the guy. He clearly is the guy. Ryquel Armstead. Yeah, right. No, 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 yeah. Thing, <laughs> what is wrong with you? Uh, but no, yeah, you picked the right. right. Yeah. All right. In terms of the future too, although we also before we keep going, neither of us oh, are yeah, shouting yeah. out our cool ass fucking beers. Yeah, let's. Uh, I want to shout out the guys from White Lion Brewery in Williamsburg, Mass., which is like uh, 40 minutes from where I live. I'm drinking their endangered IPA, okay, which means it's going to go extinct in 2021. Hazy, aromatic, uh, really good local brewery, really good beer. Um, I was actually drinking uh, another White Lion beer last week. And, you know, if anybody knows the guys that run the place or if any of you are fantasy football fans that run White Lion or work at White Lion and, you know, you want to send some complimentary White Lion our way, we'd be happy to drink it on camera. We'll even drink it in more copious amounts than I've been drinking this one. You could even yeah. say, like, yeah, we'll send it to you, but you got to drink all four during the show. We'd be like, okay. Sweet. But anyway, it's excellent. What are you drinking? I got a, a St. Elmo's Fire by Channel Marker. I just had a Channel Marker last week. I'm telling you, if you're ever in the North Shore of Massachusetts, that brewery is out of this world. I'm also wearing an Old Planner shirt, which is uh, where we do a lot of our shows, another Beverly brewery. I, I think we got two. I've always been a Beverly fucking townie. You are hero. such a townie. But uh, I think that's two of the best breweries around that you can just walk to both of them within each other. So shouting out Channel Marker, St. Elmo's Fire absolute fire uh, and you would also accept complimentary beer right of course please okay we'll just check all four I'll, I'll chug them all on the show sure right? sure we'll start at four that would be a horrible hangover. Like, is there nothing worse than an ipa hangover by the way That's we, the it's, it's brutal we would have to plan around that but maybe we should do one show before the end of the year where we just both are just get hammered the entire show yeah. I'll take then, a personal and, day. <laughs> and then get into like a really, really nasty mailbag at the end. <laughs> you fucking asshole. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. All right. Here's your waiver wire. Uh, Hail Mary hero. You got a lot on the list here. Um, I didn't feel great about my pick on this one. I'm going to read off what you got. LaVisca Chanel. Right? We talked about it with, right. Um, LaVisca Chanel, 24% owned. Duke Johnson, 19%. Give me a fucking break. Justin Herbert, 18%. Benny Snell, 15%. McFarlane, 2%. Uh, Alshon, Alshon Jeffrey. Wow. We have an Alshon Jeffrey sighting 16% Rager, 15% Keyshawn Vaughn, 6% Tua, 6% Antonio Brown making a, an appearance on the waiver wire list at 4% Rashad Penny, 3% Darianton Evans. Great name uh, at 2%. Um, so first thing I want to say is I appreciate that Antonio Brown made it onto this list. So well played, sir. Um, this is really tough. This one's tough for me. I don't really like any of these guys. If I'm being yeah. completely transparent, I would guess I would probably go with Herbert uh, as far as having the best chance to maybe turn a few heads and still be pretty good. Uh, great might be a stretch, but he's looked okay. Um, the question was who will be a beast. So I guess my money is on him if I had to pick somebody, but I don't know uh, the doctor that punctured Tyrod Taylor's lung should probably get a small portion of this award sent yeah. his way. Right. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. And um, but I, I will say that as far as who would be the most fun to win this award, it'd probably be Tua. But I don't I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I, I mean I like the rookie run, the rookie QBs, and those are both who uh, who I picked as well. Oh yeah. Uh, speaking of the Tyrod, the, the the best kind of clip I've seen in a long time was there's a clip of 
Vince McMahon in like a hospital bed, and then Stone Cold comes out of nowhere and starts like oh, feeding. That's, his the, best that thing? that's like, the best stuff that happens on wrestling. One of the best. Someone's and, like in the privacy of their own home or something, and people like break through the window and just beat the living shit out of them. Exactly. <laughs> so there's that clip of of, Mick, of of you know Stone Cold beating the shit out of McMahon on a hospital bed, and the caption above it was the the uh, Chargers doctor when he goes to treat Tyron Taylor. <laughs> 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 too too perfect. Like. Do the dick off that guy? Seriously, probably. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's not allowed to. But man, that that's rough, dude. That is rough. But I think he's also unlocked a potential fantasy beast and kind of saved Anthony Lynn from himself because I think Herbert is is the real deal. I mean, the yeah, dude has thrown three hundred yards or three touchdowns in all three of his games, um, and that's with you know no Eckler last week, no Mike Williams last week. So he's slinging it. I mean, all three touchdowns went to undrafted free agent rookies. This guy seems to me like you just watch a guy play and he passed the eyeball test. Herbert can sling it. He's not afraid to sling it. I mean, he's went 20 for 25 despite just chucking it down the field left and right. So I really like what Herbert's showing. You know, I, I would be, especially if I'm quarterback needy, blowing quite a bit of money to go get that guy. Um, and on that sense, you have Tua. I think we've seen Burrow. We've now seen Herbert. When Tua gets his chance, I think he's got some good ones around him. I think Chan Gailey's spread scheme definitely, you know, facilitates some nice passing game stats. So I love both of those rookie quarterbacks. If not yeah. one of those guys, it, it to me would be maybe Antonio Brown, like signing with the Do you think we'll see Antonio Brown in the league this year? I think we do. And that's why really? out of do all really? of guys, I do. I, I really do. Like there will be a certain point where his suspension would be up. And he will he will join a team, and maybe it's the Ravens. Yeah, you got I, a prediction of who? I think the Ravens makes the most sense. You know, Marquise Brown is not quite that every down guy so far. They're also cousins, so like, uh, I mean, imagine that the Ravens getting this guy. And I, are they I cousins think, like for real, or are they like cousins? Like, no, they're real cousins. They're real okay. life cousins. Yeah. You no, know, some people are just like, yeah, he's my cousin, and he's yeah. totally not his cousin. Exactly. So, so <laughs> I like Brown. I also like you know is gross any Steelers running back, you know, Benny Snell or McFarland, you know, Connor inevitably is going to go down and you know, Mike Tomlin loves his workhorse. I think Snell is first. We saw it week one when Connor got hurt. He had, you know, ripped up 95. The guy can play, but maybe it's even McFarland who's an interesting stash in my opinion as well. So those would be the guys that I think could really emerge as a uh, league winner under 25% owned. Yeah. None of those are stupid choices. I, I would, I just think Antonio Brown coming back would be, yeah, I mean, who knows? Who knows what would happen with that? Yeah. I mean, he's been just. I can. I mean, two years ago, two and a half years ago, three years ago. I don't know how long ago. We didn't know he was a complete nut job, lunatic. <laughs> we had no idea. We were just like, man, that guy is an absolute badass. And then it just kind of was revealed. Like it. It would be like you know how Dennis Rodman kind of. It was a gradual transition from like kind of yeah. regular seeming guy to just really weird guy. Like his, his hair would gradually change. And so it would be like, if it just happened like overnight one yeah. day, like Dennis Rodman was just a completely normal guy. And the next day he was like in Vegas at 4am and his hair was different colors. And he was like showing up at press conferences and wedding dresses and stuff like that. And it literally just happened the next day. That's right. how I feel like we, we got done by Antonio Brown. I, so I, I, don't, it, I don't know. Exactly. But I think you're also painting the picture of why he could be a league winner later because he's like the best receiver in the world, maybe still. And we also maybe. we haven't heard anything about him, which is actually good news because that's true. He's he not tweeting much. You know, swearing off at cops. He hasn't been like, you know, scre- there's been no circus. And last year there was clearly a circus. So to me, it tells you 
he maybe clearly he something was unstable last year, right? Oh, so yeah. whatever it reminds me of Conway, Kanye West a little bit. I think that's a great comparison. It seems to me like he's figured out what help he needs and has gotten it because we've seen nothing out of the guy, and that's nothing out of him is actually good news in my opinion. Yeah, so true. to me, that's maybe the reason we do see him again is how quiet he's stayed. And if we see him again, I mean, the talent, like you just said, he's the potential to be the best receiver in the league. So out of all these guys. I, the best receiver in the league showing back up would be the league winner, you know? Okay. And you know what? When you say it like that, he's he should probably win this category more than Herbert, yeah. who I had, just because even, even if there's a 10% chance he comes back, you know, ma- imagine the waiver wire scramble money to get that guy. And that's kind of what I was picturing, right? Is like, who's the guy that everyone blows their load for on the waiver wire? It's that either guy. Ben Snell because Connor goes down or, or McFarland. Or it's Antonio Brown, but I really do. I would spend every dime I had to get Antonio Brown if he was literally (laughs) coming back to play in an NFL team. Exactly. Wouldn't you? Right. Okay. You've convinced me. You've convinced me. Even though I I treated it as a joke, you've convinced me. That's that's, that's the thing. All right. This is probably my favorite category. Positional number ones. We'll call this the all fantasy first team. I think we should actually evolve this a little bit to to maybe next time be like just the starting team, like two running backs, uh, two wide receivers, a tight end, a flex. Uh, we like even that. throw in a defense and a and a kicker if we feel like it. But I think we should have like a, you know like they have an all NBA first team. Uh, I think this should be our all fantasy first team. But for this broadcast, we're going to do QB, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Um, quarterback, I'll go first. Uh, Russell Wilson. Why not? I and mean, why why do I think he's not going to end up first? I mean, I guess you could make an argument from Dak, but I mean he's the best quarterback going. He's got two monster wide receivers. I want to repeat two monster wide receivers. Both those guys. They're both easily top 10 guys, but, I mean, if they both ended up top five guys, nobody would be shocked, right? He can run. He throws probably the best deep ball in football, and <laughs> coincidentally, he has probably the best. I mean, I don't know. Is DK the best deep threat in football? It's probably Tyreek still, huh? I mean, yeah, probably Tyreek. But DK, I mean, damn. In terms of just the size. I mean, damn, right. Size, size speed nightmare is DK for sure. Right. I mean, he's also – his team's defense isn't very good. So he's he's going to be in these games. Uh, he's leading in points right now. I mean, I, I just I mean he's he's already the he's already in the clubhouse, and there's just I don't seem like anything's going to change really. Uh, and the last thing I would say is, do you remember when the last time was that Wilson got hurt and couldn't suit up? Mm-mm. It's never, never. happened. Yeah. Right, never. <laughs> Never. So, I mean, if that's an, you know, that's clearly a factor. Anytime you're talking about someone who plays quarterback is like, is he going to give me 16 games? Is he going to get hurt? Well, Wilson's a guy who has played, played and started 16 games, I believe every single season in his entire career. So I'm going with him as my guy to be leading, even though I know I'm going chalk and that's kind of pussy. I don't know. No, I mean, Dak has more fantasy points than him so far. So it's not, you know, too chalky. I I like it a lot. It's just a matter of like, are they going to keep letting Russ cook or is Schottenheimer going to become a douchebag and go back to his old ways? But yeah, I mean, why, what do you why think? would you not let him cook? I, I like it. I like the, the Russell Wilson pick a lot, especially because the defense probably will, you know, keep them forcing Russ to cook no matter what they want to do. I think though it's, it's to me, it's Mahomes. I, I think by really? the end of the year, we see Mahomes. You just look at the fucking play calling. Like the dude ended up with twenty something fantasy points last week, despite it didn't look like he threw a touchdown. But those little fucking flip like plays, you know, he's ridiculous, ridiculous. And I think Hilaire as a receiver, in terms of like one that award of like who's been relatively quiet, like Hilaire has been solid and, and hasn't disappointed. But 
I think we're about to get like the 35 point Hilaire day against the Raiders. And mm-hmm. I think that's going to kind of carry through. And I think a lot of it again is going to be those little shuffle passes and things that Mahomes probably shouldn't get a touchdown for, but always does. And then right. Hardman starting to emerge. I think all of these weapons are, are really starting to come out of the ground for a guy that obviously is the best natural QB talent. I, I think he just, especially with the other offenses around the division, kind of showing a little moxie. I, I think uh, Mahomes ends up being the number one quarterback come season's end. Uh, it's tough to ever argue too hard against Mahomes, but I feel I feel pretty good about Wilson in this one. Yeah. So we'll see. I know we have bets on the big board every year. Maybe we yeah. can. Maybe we throw this up right now. Who's going to finish with more fantasy points, Mahomes or Wilson? I can't uh, confidently lay my bet either. Like I, of course, I, I don't feel. I mean, what do you think? I feel great being like, nah, Patrick Mahomes is going <laughs> to lose. No, I don't feel great. Right. I mean, he's he's amazing, but right. I, I think the table's set for Wilson to do this. Um, running back, why don't you go first? I think I probably know who you're going to say. It's it's. I mean, to me, Kamara's number one. And it's like, yep. why does he go away? Um, Mike Thomas returning could turn that just a little bit. In which case, like we mentioned, Dalvin Cook. I, I think down the stretch. Um, if he stayed healthy for all 16, he's going to lead the league in rushing. If he gets more involved as a receiver, he's just going to be that much more dangerous. So I have Kamara, but you know, cooks a close second for me. All right. That's fair. I mean, I've Kamara breeze can't throw the ball down the field and he's always open five to seven yeah. yards out there. And in fantasy, that's just automatic points. And he's a really good running back too. He's my choice. I, I, I don't have much more to say about it. We've talked about him a ton. Nothing's changed since 45 minutes ago. Right. Um, wide receivers. Um, I'd say it's hard not to go with DeAndre Hopkins here. Lockett and DK are both within striking distance of Hopkins scoring, which is amazing. I mean, they're on the same team. An injury to either of them could maybe catapult the other one into the top spot. Um, But I'm I'm going with Hopkins. The guy's just – he's a volume machine. I've thought he was the best receiver in football for several years now. And Kyler Murray is really good. Maybe not great yet, but really good. And is clearly, as he should be, looking at Hopkins all the time. Yeah. Um, and so it's, I mean, I, and I think he's, what is Hopkins like? He's in the top three or four anyway. Number um, two right now. Yeah. Easy two. I, I can never, I, sometimes I look at the RSJ stuff, which is uh half PPR and then my hometown leagues PPR. So that stuff changes a little bit. I know yeah. he's right up there. Uh, I don't see him going away cause he never goes away. I mean, this guy had, had a decent season with Brock Osweiler throwing to him. Not a not a great one. That was the one season that he had where it's like, ah, I didn't really do much. But it was Osweiler. Kyler yeah. Murray's really good. I would also say long, long, long shot dark horse for this, Mike Evans. Interesting one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With all these injuries around him, too. Could be. Uh, I mean, Hopkins is, is tough to argue against with the volume he's seeing in that offense. That's clearly taken another step. I mean, I love that pick. I'm going to double down with Mahomes and say Tyree Kill. You know, we've, we've seen a, a touchdown every single week. And we still haven't had that like massive bomb touchdown yet to the guy. So the fact that he's been putting up 19, you know, 17 every single week without the bomb touchdowns is like when those come and when that opens up and and you know, it's welcome. There's going to be a seven for one ninety in three touchdowns game. You're right. Exactly. And I think we get a handful more of those, which just, we've seen a steadier floor than we've ever seen with the guy. So if we then get a couple of those big ceiling games to mix in, I think those points leap up and Tyreek takes the turn, the title. Okay. All right. That's, I'm not sure about, maybe we should make that bet too. I don't know. Ooh, Tyreek like, Hopkins. Hopkins and Mahomes Wilson. All right, throw them on the board. Throw them on the board. All right, tight end. Who you got? 
I think we both have Kittle, yeah? <laughs> I absolutely have Kittle. And, I, and I have written on my, sheet, on my sheet, I have C above argument. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Kelsey would be the other obvious name because he just always is. He's been the tight end one for three straight years. But if Kittle stays healthy, I think this is the year he unthrows, uh, unthrones, whatever the word would be, dethrones, dethrones. But doesn't, uh, doesn't Kelsey dunk on women in swimming pools? Yeah, it's so tough though. He is really fucking tough. He's That's so true. cool. Oh my god. Right, so maybe let's dial back the kittle. Fuck, just you're right. We gotta go kittle. <laughs> right. I mean yeah. Kelsey. Yeah. Right. We gotta go Kelsey. Gotta go Kelsey. Um, fantasy rookie of the year because we do agree completely on Kittle. Who has been the top rookie in fantasy so far? Will they keep the hardware for all of 2020? If not, who steals it? Um, you know, not to jump on your Chiefs bandwagon here, but I feel like the smart money's got to be on Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And my really only explanation that i have written down here is he's the starting running back for the chiefs yeah and <laughs> what else do you I got like what else do you and need? he looks okay and he looks he looks he's looking the part like that's that's the thing is he's looking really good breaking a lot of tackles starting to get more involved as a receiver i think the blow-up games are coming and i think it's a matter of you know he's gotten through the hardest part of the schedule the the toughest possible matchups he's had and he's mm-hmm. still put up double digits in every single game so now when you get the cakewalk opening up starting with the raiders this weekend i think this is where we start to see you know Blair not only threaten for rookie of the year i mean he's going to win that but yeah. also fantasy mvp potential is where i see this guy really? you think so uh, yeah uh if not him i mean obviously taylor's like the it's the 1a 1b and i like i mentioned with the the relatively quiet award I think Taylor could just demolish that late season stretch run, but I think Hilaire is going to start sooner and finish just as strong as Taylor does. So, so yeah, I'm a, I'm a Hilaire guy. All right. So those are our basic fantasy awards. Like I said, we want to know what you think as far as what we could call these awards, what, what you think as far as what we call individual awards and the awards show as a whole, because we're very open-minded. We love a lot of times stuff you guys come up with is better than the stuff we come up with. And we're happy to, Use your stuff and give you credit if we use it. Um, But I do want to actually, I'm going to kick it over to you here real quick because I want to talk about some of your best and worst predictions that you made at the start of the year now that you've had four weeks to kind of reflect on these things. Mm -hmm. Um, And so let's start with the best. I know you got a few. Yeah, we've got got a few good ones. And I try to make this more so like, obviously we were high on the the best of the picks like everybody was. So I don't want to, you know, going the in the box thinking ones right. i'd say jarek mckinnon you know being plus 100 on his ecr was mm-hmm. pretty nice and yeah. the guy has as you said scored in every single game he's a, a top 10 running back yeah. did an injury help yes but he was also getting it done before the injury and i think he continues to get it done even when Mostert returns and there's a chance you know Mostert's looks so good that i don't think he disappears but there's a chance mckinnon if he has another big game against miami with Mostert probably out this week I could see him taking over like the, the 50 to 55% role and relegating Mostert to a, a nice 35-40, in which case he'd be an unbelievable league-winning type of pick. So I like that one. Yep. I was plus 40 on C.D. Lamb. I had him ranked over Michael Gallup and said he's that good that he's going to take over. Uh, I got a lot of hate on that one. A lot of people, Michael Gallup, he had almost 1,200 yards last year, you fucking moron. And it's like, okay. And C.D. Lamb's a fucking we're always, we're always fucking morons when we say something that people yeah, don't believe. It's never just like, nah, I don't think that's true. It's like, and we had some morons we're that we're going to admit. Like, yeah, I'm not sure. To take victory laps, but oh, I, yeah. I was so high on C.D. Lamb, and he's exceeded my expectations. The wide receiver, fourteen right now uh-huh. in fantasy football. And he's only, it seems like he's only getting cooking. So, like, I, I'm big on him. The Cowboys are going to be down 20 every week. 
Exactly. And we know, you know, uh, Cooper typically has some sort of ailment pop up at some point. So, like, there's a chance he becomes the wide receiver one right. at some point. And he's already thriving in the slot. So, I was pumped about that call. Uh, Cam Newton, you know, we were yeah. much higher on. We top thought Cam would be good. Yeah, so Cam had him in. And also just the mid-round, like the wide receiver, like the, the fourth round. Our whole strategy was running back, running back, running back. And that hasn't panned out you know, without the injuries at the position and the way the landscapes played out. But the reason we said to do it was because round four wide receivers highlighted by Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. I was, you know, 12 and 16 spots respectively higher on them. McLaurin, 11 spots higher. Tyler Boyd in round five, 22 spots higher. I said that, you know, mid-round four to five receivers, if you hammer running back early, you're still getting wide receiver ones from rounds four to five. And I feel like that has panned out pretty decent. Um, that did so pan out well. And I've, I've always thought the RBRBRB strategy, which I've, I, I didn't use this year, but I mean, I have used plenty of times, including one of the years that I won my league, you got to nail that first receiver pick. Yeah. You got to. If you're going to go RB, 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 and then screw up on your next pick, you, that might be almost too much to recover from. So right. I, some of these fourth-round wide receivers you put out there are actually really solid picks and could be really beneficial to somebody building a stable. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of highlighting my my best of, just right. to make sure I, I don't just Let's victory lap. coin real quick. Yeah. Let's talk worst. Let's talk about someone that you've disrespected time and time again, ever since like I've ever been podding with you and probably a long time before that too, which is Mr. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Who you had nothing nice to say about in the preseason. Nothing. I, I said Teddy Bridgewater's over this guy and it's not even close. Uh, very, very down on Aaron Rodgers. The logic being, uh, you know, that you hate Aaron Rodgers. That I fucking hate the guy. I think he's right. That's the logic. I, Let's be. Honest. I, I will give him this. I I want to call him a spineless coward because throughout his career, I, I think he has shown to be a spineless coward in big moments. Um, until this year, I mean, he gets everything against him. The team gives him no weapons boast. They draft another you know quarterback to put a little heat on him, and he could have folded. And that's kind of what I expected was him being like, man, you gave me no weapons and I'm going to bitch about everything around me. Like I always do. You just gave him the Travis Kelsey voice. He, he deserves it. And then he, he comes doesn't. out and fucking, no, he doesn't deserve it anymore. He he's bawling. He is fucking bawling. And I should have, you know, if, if I thought the guy had a spine coming into the year, I would have realized this would be a fuck you moment for like, uh, really you is. screwed me over and I want to stick it to you before and, and ownership. And he, I, I'll give it to him. I respect the f- way he has risen to to getting no weapons added to you know everything that should have gone wrong for the guy. He has made fucking lemons into lemonade and been an absolute monster. I mean, what is he top three, four right now in terms of points? Like, and, and even he's like, in that group we talked about, he's in and, that five person group that we talked about. And what's crazy too is you take Adams out and it doesn't fucking matter. It didn't matter. Tunyon's catching three fucking touchdowns. Aaron, you know, he's throwing four to five touchdowns no matter who he's facing. He He's cute. He matchup No matter proof. who's out there for him. Doesn't matter. Matchup proof, weapons proof. I am significantly impressed with what Aaron Rodgers has done. I have a different level of respect for the guy this year. And in fact, I even have as my, my Super Bowl going to the Super Bowl prediction. I think the way Rodgers is playing, I think the Packers are coming out of the NFC. That's Which is my, crazy. I got I got Packers Chiefs would be my I mean yep. tentative pick. Obviously, a lot can change, but if you said right now who's going to go, that's what I'd say. Yeah, that, them or the Seahawks out of the NFC. Yeah, it's got to be one of the two, right? 
Yeah, and I would lean Packers. Yeah. Uh, um, in addition to him, I was a little bit down on Kamara. Plant-based diet makes me nervous, and I don't want the guy because he's on a plant. What was I fucking thinking? Like, come on. Plant-based this is why, this diet is when is people call us fucking morons, and we're like, yeah, yeah. That, that was a bad call. So, so right. Kamara's made me eat some crow, deservedly so. I had him at, like, running back eight. Not a plant-based food, by the way. Yeah, not a plant-based food, but I am certainly eating a bunch of it. Uh, I, you know, Hilaire over him. Like, I still believe in Hilaire. I'm not mad about that, but anybody over Kamara was dumb. Never mind seven, yeah. eight running backs. Like, that was stupid. I feel bad for the owners who who went elsewhere. I think I even had fucking Mixon over him. Like, oh, God. Like, I, I was way too low. Sorry, Kamara. I know you're a fan of the show. I didn't mean to uh, insult you like that. And if you want to come on the show and just give it to the wolf with both feet, that's fine. We'll, he'll just sit there and take it. Take it. I'll, we'll I'll do that for you if you'd like to make time to come on the fantasy. Would love and then my last one, Evan Ingram. You know, I, I was all about like Jason Garrett peppering Jason Witten. So it's like, okay, if you want to give Jason Witten 140 targets a year, what are you going to do when you get an athletic freak like Ingram? This offense has been it's it's Ian Harditz. Shallow and pedantic, like that's the only, the only way to describe the fucking Giants this year. It has been a joke of a team. They've had a horrible schedule, so maybe just maybe we see a little rebound. I, I, mean, I don't their defense know. isn't terrible, but they're just awful. They're awful, and that's why I didn't believe in Saquon. Obviously, I didn't think he was going to get hurt, but I wasn't going to. I wasn't going to break the bank for him either. Yeah, wish I had gone Kamara over him in the league. I had Saquon, but oh, Saquon. I was. Yeah, I, I was significantly uh, above the ECR and Ingram about 20 spots, and there was just so many better tight ends that you could have taken in that range. Uh, so, so yeah, fuck you, Ingram. You're horrible. Giants, you suck. But, uh, yeah, those were probably my worst calls. Rodgers, Kamara, Ingram, um, uh, of the, like, unique calls. I mean, Drake, we were very in on, but I think most people were like, Drake's a consensus first-rounder. All righty. Nat, you want to hit us with a send-off? Or you I do. To- Guys, that was a lot of fun once again. And, Wolf, it was a real pleasure doing that. And uh, I can't wait to do it again. Absolutely. Uh, and, and I want to do another one of these award shows in four weeks. But we'll do I, it next week I, for the Fantasy Preview Show, definitely. Absolutely. We will we'll hit a, a mid-season quarter awards. You guys are the best. That Those of you who tuned in live and commented, yeah, those of you who catch the replay, thanks so much for tuning into the replay as well or listening on the Fantasy Fullback Dive. We paved your path two 2020 titles. Thanks so much for catching us there as well. You can find me at Roto Street Wolf on Twitter. If you have any sit starts, any questions you have, I will be live tomorrow, Thursday night, or when this drops live on Thursday, uh, your Thursday night football tailgate, as well as Saturday DFS and Sunday, of course, your sit start tailgate as well. So catch us on any of those live shows, any likes, reviews, uh, subscriptions on the platforms, especially on podcasts and YouTube are so greatly appreciated. Wolfpack, thanks so much for tuning in. It's always a pleasure. Right, and you can catch me on MySpace, AOL.com, or Hotmail.com, any of the things that all the kids are listening to now nowadays. If you want to order a, an eight-track transcript of the show, uh, you're going to have to write us a letter by mail uh, with a stamp and everything. Um, anyway, my name is Nat The Truth Jones. And I'm The Wolf. See you later. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause, oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. 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 
Football right there, folks.